FM. Thank you for staying with us. Wherever you are around the world, we say a very special good afternoon to Attorney at Law, Mr. Veerberg III, Chairman of True Labor Party. A good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Tegan Bob. You're my mom in New York. I like to, to say shout outs to the people of St. John's Rural South and to the Pumpkin, pumpkin Squad. What's um, the Pumpkin Squad? Those are my friends on Facebook. Um, oh, uh. I'm doing some backyard gardening since all this COVID stuff. So you grow anything has grown? Boy, you ate anything and, from and the garden? Sir, and sir run with my pumpkin in them. Ants? Yeah, but put some seven in them. Mm. In addition to that, I promise the ladies of the Pumpkin Squad, mm. they'll either get pumpkin fritters mm. <laughs> or they get a pumpkin pie. So who's cooking? Well, let me go cook everything. Oh, I okay. me pumpkin. <laughs> I know we're here to talk about politics and talk about what's happening in Antigua and Barbuda. Yeah. But I'm rather curious because you came in mm-hmm. and Patty was talking about some historical overtone of Antigua and Barbuda. And you mentioned uh, Governor Baldwin. Oliver Baldwin. Oliver Baldwin. Yes, and 1948 uh, he, to 1950. He was only around for two years and three months. And uh, he's the, the governor that's buried at uh, Greencastle Green Hill. Greencastle Hill, yes. And how many people, and you said he was part of the revolution as far as the steel ban is concerned? Yes, he? because the plantocrats back in the day, they this is a new phenomenon, the steel ban thing. They had no control of it, so they felt threatened by it. Mm. Large crowds of black people are gravitating to these people. So they felt threatened by it, and they wanted to ban steel bans in Antigua. Mm-hmm. There was Hell's Gate, there was Red Army, there was Brute Force. Mm-hmm. But part of the history of Governor Baldwin is that he invited them to Governor House to play there. And he also helped to give them their names. Mm-hmm. Because he was a soldier in World War I. And he actually was decorated for bravery on the battlefield. So by the time he come here now and he heard that, he was sort of, he went against the, went against the grain. Mm-hmm. You know, his father was the Prime Minister of England. But he joined the opposite um, party, the Labour Party. So he was a socialist. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to see the better black people in Antigua and Barbuda. So when they said, the plantocrats said to ban it, he said, no, come and play down here. He would actually go and have invite black people to government house. And you find the blackest person, the blackest woman to dance with. Mm-hmm. Just to piss off the colonials. <laughs> Not that he was a colonial, the plantocrats, I'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah, he was one of them. But he was a very different individual. You said at his funeral, you just, you, you, per- you got a picture of his funeral. At no, eBay. that wasn't a funeral. What and was that? The amazing thing that he only served for two years and three months in Antigua. He had to leave because of ill health. Okay. Right? But in the two years, he was probably one of the most popular men in Antigua and Barbuda. So what, that gathering that you have there from eBay was what? That was a picture that was taken in 1949. Because he came 48, and a year later, they actually recalled him to England to explain why he was doing this or why he was so friendly to black people mm. so he went to england he had to go to the colonial secretary i think it's uh, um reese crease or something like that jonathan crease to explain what is happening down there because the plant didn't like the way he was operating and embracing the black people he was the governor yes he was the governor mm. so what happened is that uh, my grandfather and um bradshaw from sink is actually traveled to england mm. to support him to tell him they wanted him to come back Hell's Gate had songs to him. Mm. Yeah. They had songs to him to so say that, So that gathering that you got from eBay. That was on his return when they said you can go back home. Oh. With my grandfather's support and Bradshaw, mm. Robert Bradshaw from St. Kitts, they sent him back. So they met him down at um, St. John's Harbor by the jetty. Mm. That was him coming up by the, you know, the, um, the what's it, the, um, 
the memorial there. What's yeah, the, um, I, I know what Moravian you're talking about. Moravian, is a Moravian memorial? I don't know what it is. I, don't, yeah. I can't remember yeah, right now, but is, I know what you're talking about. They're, they're that is where they have the jetty. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're coming from west, going east. Mm-hmm. And there's a crowd of 18,000 people came out. 18,000? 18,000 people when Antigua probably had about 50,000. How did you get that? Uh, that uh, what, what motivated you to get that? Uh, that picture man a lot of people inform me when they're available to to be sold online mm. in various auction houses and so on i just buy them up mm. yeah okay you know when i get my uh, get the beat off the other day i mean get no money they give oh you get some money oh yes yeah, so what they paid me so but you, yeah. you're in ca- you're in court again oh yeah i'm in court with the prime minister we were there about two weeks ago what, what happened now why you had to go to court when um, you, you did the prime minister that was um when i sued him for defaming my good name and my father's also when my father's dead you can't sue somebody for defamation when they're dead mm-hmm. right but um yeah it was just him speaking off the cuff and saying some negative things about me about i have land that i don't have so um we took him to court the first hearing was two weeks ago um so it's actually in court yeah it's in court it just okay. started up you remember the covid stuff so it slowed down it was mm-hmm. since november of last year but i will come back and keep you all informed of how that one goes so, so wait the, the the first case you want some money no that's not the first year the first one is against um crusader and colin o'neill you want money from them yeah that's about 2008 i won about fifty five thousand from crusader yeah and colin o'neill Colin O'Neill, who's at Point FM now? Yeah, so, yeah, I... I but where you bingo? In, in opposition, <laughs> you have to fund yourself. Mm. So that's 55000 the other day with the government when they banged me off and put me in the cell mm. uh, with the, the black and black racism. Mm. Um, that was 164000 and then this pop so wait so you got the money they pay you yeah they paid me of course i count it now i count it now yeah count up the noise so so this one (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have enough money to campaign i have enough money to campaign Mm. we're promising the people we're still moving through with our headquarters tell us about true labor seriously man we are fine listen well, fine, 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 but fine, but fine, but where's the candidates? Don't worry about that. You tell me so many don't moons ago. Don't worry about the candidates. The yeah, well, candidates I, one is here. One is here, definitely. Right. Charlie mm-hmm. is with me. The other, listen, the only way you're going to hear true labor, I, I think true labor right now, we could survive a nuclear blast. <laughs> the mount, <laughs> if then, you know, who done left, done left, who, nobody got left right now. Everybody's hard. Just the hardcore elements are remaining in the true labor party. <laughs> and they're now going away. You got to drop 10,000 10, Times nuclear bombs that they threw on Nagasaki mm. to get rid of the true Labour Party. It's like roaches; you just can't get rid of them. <laughs> but it's one thing I know that uh, you, you're still thinking about building that headquarters. Oh, that is a promise that we have made to the people, and mm. I have promised the people St. John's Rural Trout: mm. win, lose, or draw. Mm-hmm. We're going to move to it. What we said we're going to move to it. There's no turning back from what we're doing. You know, um, I just want people to know that I heard the Prime Minister on the radio this morning. This and morning is the only time we heard the Prime Minister? Well, I don't really listen out for him. Mm. You understand? As I tell you, I've been just going pumpkin. I've been op- operating with my social distancing. I am now semi-retired, the way things are. Oh, well, you semi-retired. You're yes. an attorney at law, don't you? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not into that right now. With all this COVID stuff out there, mm. I'd rather to be safe than sorry. So mm. I do some work, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not going to out there hustling like I used to before. Mm. Because I don't feel safe. I don't mm. feel safe in Antigua and Barbuda. You know, I went to New York um, the 15th of December 2019 to see my mom and my, my family for Christmas that's abroad. And I remember end of December, early January, I heard them say, a government official say, they're ready for COVID-19. They're ready. Who's ready? 
the government was ready for the, the, the COVID-19 if it came to Antigua. Oh, oh. That oh. is what the, the health officials are saying. They're ready. Mm. But I don't understand what ready means. Because when you say you're ready, and then you hear what the Prime Minister said this morning, that, oh, we do not have the means of local testing like Dominica had for years. And that they had to go and purchase the machine, and then they had to go and train the technicians, and that took some while. If you cannot test locally, then how are you ready? How are you ready? They said that they, well, they, they, they locked the borders down, they shut down the borders, not because they took it upon themselves to shut the borders. Foreign countries, the United States and Britain and several European countries and Canada, where our main tourists come from, closed their borders. So de facto, our borders were shut because nobody wanted to come. So that is when they said, oh, we closed the borders. Mm-hmm. But then you are saying you closed the borders. But then you still have to have a flight to travel from Antigua to Trinidad to do the test. So they were never closed 100% at any point in time because mm-hmm. you had no local testing being done. So then I hear the Prime Minister saying on the radio how other leaders in the OECS are on Zoom and ask him how they're achieving such great things in Antigua, how they're how they handling the COVID. He named oh, who the leaders were? He never named them. He said, hey, boy, they just love him the way he's handling it. We got to take a commercial break. We have three deaths. We they gotta don't. T- we got to take a okay, commercial so we, break. We hold it right there. One of these days, Vail, we got to talk about Baldwin because uh, you, you have a real collection there of photographs. I, I uh, will bring in all the pictures I have, and mm. I, I may even have some handwritten letters between him and my grandfather. Yeah, and my because grandfather's I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing him there with, uh, with uh, Savisi. Mm-hmm. And these guys are well-dressed, man. This is in London, England. Yeah. My goodness. We're enough to support him in 49. In 49? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. We move right along. We're talking about ready. Mm-hmm. Last we ended on ready. Ready, As, yeah. He said, but you were in New York when they said they were ready? You certainly heard they ready said they or were they were ready preparing? For, no, they said they were ready. They mm-hmm. were ready for COVID-19. Who said so? I can't remember the, oh. the official. I can't. I, I just said, boy. Mm. Oh, Lord. Here we go again. I just That, that sound too... There's someone too ready. The world wasn't ready, but Antigua's officials said they were ready. Mm-hmm. Right? And I am an elector. I'm a born Antiguan. Some of them even doubt them. I'm an Antiguan, born Antiguan. No, no. Mm, they must have a passport. No, wait, no. Wait, wait, like, um, um, I'm like Obama now. I need mm. to produce my long form birth certificate. <laughs> but they said they were ready. And I know the simple meaning of ready that you can handle yourself if this virus comes to your country. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just amazed that the Prime Minister would say that he had a meeting with all the OECS leaders. On Zoom, and for our day, I question him how Antigua is so ready and how they are so prepared. The Prime Minister said that? Yes, but then at the same time, Dominique is more prepared than you, but they are asking you questions of how ready you are because they had their machine to localize to do localized testing years ago mm-hmm. and they had their technicians trained to do it and he's saying on the radio this morning that oh it's not only that you have buy the machine because you have to train the technicians and to get up to, to speed with it and to be efficient so they can produce enough tests today. I'm like, but you say you make these statements, and then what you say following it makes you out to be a liar. You understand? So, as an elector, as a born Antiguan, as a father with two young boys, and you're in Antigua, and you hear these lies, it doesn't um, give me confidence in the leadership of this country. Mm. You know, and it's 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 a big concern for me, Dave, because. You expect that the least a country could do for its citizens is to protect them. That's the least a country is supposed to protect its citizens mm-hmm. and be able to protect its borders. And they have not been able to do that. There has been no localized testing to any great extent in Antigua and Barbuda. 
And if you don't know where the enemy is, where COVID has in, infected or has, has been transmitted into the society, how do you find something you can't see or you don't even know where it is? And that is the big concern. But he seems to be of the opinion that, well, this is the best he can do. And if it's his best, then nobody else can do better. But I will ask the Prime Minister to look around all the other OECS territories. They don't have any deaths like Antigua and Barbuda. They never went from 26 um, people being infected to an additional 39 in one swoop. Right? But still, they are calling him to tell him how he does such a good job. They're probably on the phone, on Zoom, call you up, and all them in the background laughing at you. Like the majority of Antiguans are right at this moment in time. Because you have the worst records. So who in their right mind will call you for your guidance? What, what, what COVID training he had that he sought such a great leader before this epidemic to say that he knows how to do it? Well, the medical people around him. So call the medical people. Mm. That, that's not including Dr. Morgan, is it? Who? Dr. Morgan, Morgan Joseph. He's not a doctor. Are you sure? He's the minister of oh, health. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't mm. know that. He, he appeared to be a doctor. From those press conferences. So, when we look at things that are happening in here, mm -hmm. uh, and how do you become? Well, I know you're rather analytical. There's many of posting that I've seen from you because mm -hmm. uh, they normally come to my WhatsApp page. That's probably half and you get those those posts. Well, 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 <laughs> but uh, as you look at things, because it's we're in the serious time, mm -hmm. very much so. And uh, you look at the, the continued development of Antigua and Barbuda. You look at the welfare of Antiguans and Barbuda, and the health of Antigua and Barbuda. Mm -hmm. Where does, of course, true labor sit with this? Well, I'm here to let people know, as we've been saying from the get-go, when we left the Antigua Labour Party, they are not ready. When I hear those, those press conferences with the, the medical um, staff, and they, they, they need pe people to translate from English to English, you get a little, man, this, this, this is a movie that isn't going to end well, you know? This ain't going to be no happy, happy story at the end of the day, and everybody's going to live happily ever after. When I watch those press conferences on the COVID-19 outbreak in Antigua. I actually don't listen to them or watch them to the end. I haven't watched a full one since about March because I have a bad feeling about how this thing is going to play out. And that's why I'm growing my pumpkin and it will be some of the best pumpkin that Antigua has ever produced ever, right? But after I watch about 10, 15 minutes of the nonsense that they call a press briefing, I'm half Anglican and half Methodist. My father is a Methodist, my mother is an Anglican. So what I usually do is repeat the, the, um, the, the Book of Common Prayer, you know, the Nunc Dimittis. I don't know if you're an Anglican, but we usually say that in the Anglican Church. When I see um, Dr. Celie Thomas and Marvin Joseph and these other health officials, I just recite the Nunc Dimittis. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And I get in my bed, and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it. I can't be bothered with foolishness like that. That's just utter tosh. You don't need that sort of stuff in your life. They need to do better than that. That is pathetic. Those, those broadcasts, if they know they, don't, they, they haven't prepared themselves, don't call the press conference. If you know you're not up to the task to communicate the message to the public, then you have underlings, your deputy, your, your, your chairman or whoever, 
get it to somebody that can articulate, articulate a comprehensive message that is lucid and concise that the average man can understand. That is it about propaganda, you know. Remember I told you I have a degree in government and politics. <laughs> you don't talk up to people. It's propaganda is about talking down to the, 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 the dumbest, the most ignorant, illiterate person. Make them understand the message. Because if they can understand the message, those with uh, more intellectual capacity will be able to understand. What they're saying there, I don't know. Black, white, intellectual, liberal, Jew, Gentile can understand what's going on there. Because I don't get it. I don't get it why you are telling people you have closed the borders, but yet you still have a flight that has to travel every week to get to carry the test to Trinidad. Because there is the possibility that that flight could be bringing in COVID-19 into Antigua because you didn't shut your borders. We never had shut borders in Antigua, mm. 100%. Mm. That is what I think as an elector, as an Antiguan, as a father who is concerned about my children. This, whatever this is, they, they, they call themselves the, 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 the New Labour Party. You remember they said they, it's not now they're saying they're ready in a day. You remember they said they're, they're ready to rebuild? Yeah. Right? And when they say they're ready, I just repeat the note, Dimitris. But this thing ain't sounding too good. It's not going to end good the way they're going along. Honestly. How do you look at the COVID situation? True labor. What mm -hmm. would have true labor be doing? Doing with what? What would, what would we have done? What would you be doing if true labor was in power? What are some of the things you guys would have been doing? Well, we like this. The damage has really been done. They didn't close the borders early enough. They did not have the localized testing um, machines or the, the staff that could carry out the work. At this point in time, one of the main things is to hold on to whatever little economy that Antigua and Barbuda has. I do believe that if we were the government today in Antigua and Barbuda, there would have been a mention of some sort of stimulus, not for everyone and everybody. Mm -hmm. Because as we've always been saying over the years, Dave, when you invite me to do a budget, um, uh, my, my retort to the budget speech, I would say this country is broke. They don't have the money. Mm -hmm. What I would have done, or what the, the True Labour Party would have done, was have a stimulus packages to small businesses in Antigua and Barbuda. We can't cover everybody, but small businesses what educates a lot of children, because the parents are one that small business send their children abroad. Small business employ two, three staff members. It will keep people employed. That is what they should be have been looking at for the last two, three months to make certain those buildings that businesses that were shut down that they don't remain shut down and they don't fire staff, bare minimum. Mm -hmm. That is what we would have been looking at from the get-go. We know that they don't have any money because they have squandered the money. And when I say squandered the money, I don't want to say, oh, you just say squandered money, you can't explain. Last year, we heard about the $40 million that the Prime Minister went to get to borrow from Venezuela to push into Liat, which it does tell us now they're going to liquidate it. So you spend $40 million to prop up a business or company but that business or company that you spent but 40 million. 40 million went into layer. That is what they told us. Listen, I don't know about the truth of what they say, you know. But mm. that is what was said. Mm. It was said by the government officials, said by the Prime Minister, that they pumped $40 million that they went to Venezuela to get. I remember even the Americans were pissed off about it. They pumped, you're throwing good money after bad. In the first, like, you know, Liat had its problems from some, some since infinitum. And you pumped that into that company. And on less than a year later that you took that money out, now you're going to owe 90-something million to the staff because they are going to be severed. So you wasted $40 million. That was almost half 
of the money to sever them. But that is the great leader that we have in NTE and Barbuda. In addition to that, remember you was fighting um, tooth and nail to open up the University of the West Indies at Five Islands, the fourth landed campus in Antigua and Barbuda, and all that nonsense. They did open it. They did open it. Mm -hmm. But they did not tell us how much shares they had to sell to the University of the West Indies because they can't afford it. Because they're broke. That is the reality. Talk about that. When he gets on the radio, on, on the radio and starts threatening journalists and trying to, to cout out them and to, to, to bully them into pushing his message. Tell the people about University of the West Indies. How you, you had to sell shares in the middle of the night because you're broke. Your plans and policies have failed Antiguan people. Talk about global ports. Remember with facial nas nationals all last year running up and down St. John's telling people this is a bad deal. What is global ports going to manage down at the harbor right now? Down at Heritage Key? You go down there, it's like a ghost town. They yeah, but they're still building a port. They can build all the port they want to. Mm. But what I do know is that one of the... A birth. A birth, not a port. Right. They are, they are the, to, the to accommodate the large super, super yachts on them. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that in the United States of America, the state with one of the highest rates of infections and deaths is Florida. And these cruise lines come from Florida. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get these into Antigua and Barbuda. And it's not even you anymore. But they're not permitted to sail. They're not permitted to sail. They took it upon themselves not to sail, mm -hmm. but they said that they're going to do something in October, see where it stands in October. There is no tourist season this year. There's no? No, no, there's not going to be any tourist season Why you this year. say that? Because the outbreak in Florida is so bad. In addition to that, by the time September, October comes, there will probably be a second wave with the changing in the weather, with the, the failure of the people to, to um, so follow the, the, the social protocols mm -hmm. that are in place. That's in North America. That's in North America, mm -hmm. where these boats are coming from. Mm -hmm. There isn't going to be any tourist season this year. Understand? So I just want the people of Antigua to, to realize this and just to pick sense from nonsense when the prime minister is talking. It is not going to happen. Then he went on to the police officers. They simply asked for the leader to come and parley with them. Meet us up at the, the, the policeman grounds and let us know our concern. As our leader, our commander-in-chief, tell us what's going on because we don't have the equipment to fight on the front lines. He said he didn't want to go around them because <laughs> he's the leader and he may get COVID-19. Mm. But then they had the mega man funeral just, what, two months ago? And they brought all the protocols. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care what nine to the whatever you are. You have endangered my family by having nearly 200 people there at this funeral. And they even had police there at that funeral crowd control. Why didn't the Prime Minister talk about that? Why didn't he talk about that? He is talking about he can't go around the policemen because they may give him COVID. But when they send the policemen and the leaders of the police force send their junior officers to go and police this illegal gathering this illegal funeral who was concerned about these policemen's health who was concerned about their family who was concerned that they may go home and give infect their children not gaston brown not these mega men who had this funeral not the leaders of the police force so that is a concern to men because the injury to one is a concern of us all mm. and if one of these policemen in the front line go down they're infecting people in our society right and that could spread the whole disease. If all these people who are at this funeral and they didn't have their mask and they didn't prop observe the proper protocols, the distancing and so on, you have put my life at risk. So I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have. You are putting my life at risk. So I look on that as a threat to my well-being, period. Mm. That's how I look on it. 
you know so i just said the non-committees and that calms me down and let me know that if man has failed which we have so far in Antigua and barbuda there is a god mm -hmm. and there's a chance that you may see us through this plague but we have not been doing a good job in fighting this infection on this this virus at this point in time we have not been doing a good job and instead of coming on the radio and showing all that narcissism and showing that oh look at how we can put them in their place you need to go and speak to the police officers they are on the front lines speak to the nurses and see what you can do to alleviate their concerns because i saw pictures of those police stations and you know i have a a good understanding of the police station, Dave, because, you know, I'm not talking about one from the outside looking in. You were inside I'm talking about looking from the inside looking out. We <laughs> hear <laughs> too much. Yeah. Mm. That's the situation where it is at this point in time, Dave. Um, I believe that Antigua deserves better leadership. When Charlene, myself, and several others, or Dalso, and... Um, I didn't even call some of the names because there were enough people. You, you mean the folks who had left? Uh, Dave? No, the, no. The fo are you referring to True Labor? I'm yeah, I'm referring to the True okay. Labor Party. Jifford was part of True Labor? No, he said he never was. He did never vote was. at our meeting, but he said after that, he, he on mature reflection, he was voting at our meetings, but then on mature reflection, he, he then later realized he was never a member. Okay, okay. Well. <laughs> but no, I'm not even talking, even before Driftwood, mm. if we had the amount of people right we could have had, probably had like, two candidates in every constituency mm -hmm. right so that's what i tell you the true labor party supporters they ain't going nowhere if they were just up to now they, they just stick around and we do what we have to do so you're still going to run in the oh, what you mean dave 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 as long as there's life and health mm -hmm. i'll be right there on that ballot box nothing now, has changed there's a concern well not a concern but you were always mm -hmm. uh and i think we haven't got a chance to speak about this mm -hmm. uh now that of course uh, we're looking at uh, cannabis Mm -hmm. in Antigua and Barbuda because I think long term early when I, you, you're saying that was the way to go we had it in our manifesto 2014 and people chose not to support us or voted against us or thought that we were the ones who were going to prevent them from getting these jobs remember they're supposed to have 500 housing 500 days not to change the topic but you remember that is another concern in regards to if we were the government no, you've gone and promised people 500 houses in 500 days. The economic situation in Antigua has turned around. It is not very certain what is going to happen in the future. These people who took out a mortgage for these houses and painters and down at Dredgebay and so on, has he gone to, to find out what the situation is? Or how we can alleviate those who may be unemployed or fearing that they may be losing their job or most likely if they don't lose their job their salaries are cut in half but then those are those folks not working for the government they may be working for the government now mm. but we don't know what the situation is overall i'm not certain if it is all just government workers or no, some I'm in the private saying, thing no. i i don't know i don't know what the the thing i know it's just national house not something any other um company or statutory body they had and then you go in and you sign up for it but that is a concern whether you're um, an employee of the government or privately employed. And those are the things as a stimulus package we would try to make certain that people have those roofs over their head. It is one of his, his, his policies, but I, don't, I hear the grand opening and they were changing keys and all that stuff. Now that COVID has entered the economy and has ruined our economy, 
and they're talking about like 50, 70% re reduction in revenues. I don't hear any mention of how you're going to alleviate these people. I don't hear any mention of how you're going to alleviate the frontline workers, the police officers. So it is a concern to me as a citizen, not even as a politician, where are these people really going? But I believe my people and the people, they're stiff-necked, right? They're stubborn, they back the party no matter what. But at the end of the day, so was Pharaoh. And look what happened to him when the place come. He had to change his tune. But many people died mm -hmm. before he changed his tune after the place came. So you read your Bible, you read the Nunctimus, and you see where, how this thing is going to play out. But Pharaoh had to change. So all those who say they labor till they're dead and they're dead and all of that nonsense. None of them are ready than me. But that's their right to Not me. One of, yeah, that's their right to that's me. None of them right. are ready than me. Mm. And if I can open my eyes and see the nonsense that is the Antigua Barrio Labour Party led by Gaston Brown. At some point in time, like the Bible teaches you, Pharaoh hardened his heart after every plague. And he said, yes, you know, I'm going to change, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to let, go, let your people go, let my people go. Moses said, let my people go. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, you know what? No. I am Pharaoh. I run this place here. And then, and then God knocked him another plague. Mm. And then he said, yeah, you know, I'm going to do it, you know. And he hardened his heart. But eventually, they will get the message. So I leave it to the Bible and what the teachings. And even people will understand themselves at some point in time. What's the conversation you're hearing now about the cannabis and the development of that in Antigua and Barbuda, knowing that you have that on your agenda? Um, what I knew is that they, they are not going to let the average Antiguan just grow cannabis. The whole idea is like what the plantocrats did. You know, you as an Antiguan, you'll always be a consumer, mm. right? You will never be allowed with this government to be an entrepreneur. You will never be allowed to be a manufacturer. You exist just to buy the commodity. Mm. And that is where that whole cannabis um, legalization or um, decriminalizing is going to go. They will have two, three, four, five people that are selling it in Antigua and Barbuda. And you, poor black man, you will just have to purchase it. That is what this government, your great ABLP, has in store for you. We are always the consumer. People can come from halfway around the world, you know, Dave. Come to Antigua, and we have to buy from them. If it's not the Syrians or the Lebanese, it's the Chinese. We are always consuming what they purchase. Right? They purchase abroad, and we buy it from them. But the time you say, we have a product where the black man knows how to grow it better than any of them, the, 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 the local young men and them can go to ganja. And it's illegal and all the rest of men and they get beaten and they get brutalized over so many years. And now it's time that they have a product that they could sell and know and have the know-how to make a living for their generations, their future generations. All you're hearing is about they're only going to limit the license. Or if they're going to have the license, they're going to put it up to be so expensive that the average black man can't afford a license. And then you're going to see down there Market Street, a mega man probably selling the black man, the Rastafarians, them, the ganja, in a couple of years' time. And that is just the reality. Are the people eyes open? I believe they are. Are they listening? I believe they are. But we are stiff-necked people. Right? Marcus Garvey said, black people never know themselves until their back is against the wall. So, whenever that is, y'all knock yourselves out, I'll do what I have to do. Whether they call me a radical, I just talk what's on my mind. You know, nobody uh, holding no secrets to me. Nobody uh, give me no money to keep quiet or else I tell them what you, you, I, I gave you. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's the bottom line. 
Dave, you look very interested in what I'm saying. Yeah, you? of course. You're speaking. I'm <laughs> listening to you. I'm trying to digest the things you're telling me. But uh, let, let's get back to tr true labor now. Yeah, sure. Uh, because as realistic as they come, uh, there was a hint hint that uh, we may have election in November of 21. And I wanted to call elections, not 2021. I wanted to call election this year. Because this I, year, I wanted to call it immediately as soon as possible. You have to give the writ to the governor general and you sign off on it, and then they can call the election what, 60 or 90 days after that. Mm. Call the election immediately. I can't call it today, mm. they can't call it 30 days or no. Call it as soon as possible because all that noodles that that prime minister was giving out during the height of this COVID. Um, giving out what? He was giving out all them noodles. Remember, he had all them bag, box of noodles, and so he, he went in the picture. Nobody, you never see anybody taking the noodles now, but he just shuffled the noodle around on the shelf and them, like he acting like he's doing something big. The election was only, what, a year and a half ago? March of 2018. 2018. And the amount of ham, turkey, right, and chicken that was given out, right? In a global epidemic a pandemic that we have that is when the labor party which loved the people so much is supposed to fill their bellies and that noodle stuff is too high in sodium you need to keep off of that that is sort of junk food that when you're hungry you don't have anything cooked yet and you just your, your stomach biting you you put that in and say lord i'm gonna have to take a purge on the weekend to get that out of my system but that just fills your system for the day that is not something that you feed people in boxes and loads you're killing your citizens what i believe here is a couple of the the big supermarkets they probably went to one and asked them for some food to help out so the labor party it's not even the government you know that was the labor party got their friends and them and oh yeah we're going to send you down food these are businessmen they send you they they will give you the junk that they know that's not selling or isn't costing them too much in their supermarkets so that's why you see on a waffle noodles come down come down like noodles. <laughs> yeah but i mean it was it was a noodle fest it was a noodle fest yeah it was more noodles than anything else you understand very nice you know <laughs> so so we look, look we look at you said call the election now i'm trying to get into the head of true labor please do because uh will you have how many candidates out there now four well at this point in time Mm. We have not been stressing the candidates. What we have been stressing mm. is building our community center. How is that going? It is going very well. I'll discuss it off here. And I don't want to, to let the, the public be aware of what is happening. But mm. there's some things that we will, we will bring to the public when the time is right. You're using some of the money that you went from the court in that? Oh, yeah. And some that I'm going to win from Gaston Brown in the defamation suit, too. Okay. You understand? But then you're not going to have anything left for campaigning? Well, that campaign is secondary to looking about people's welfare. Oh, okay. It's never Charlene. I never got in and, and, and so, became so the leader of the Labour again, Party. And, and if people are wondering what headquarters, the intention of the headquarters was to do what? The intention of the headquarters was that it's not really a headquarters. It's where we're going to be based, mm -hmm. but it's more of a community centre. Mm -hmm. It was designed by a um, friend of mine, a Canadian from Quebec, um, one of my clients. You know, he mm -hmm. said, boy, we need to get a law chambers. We need to get a... Um, community center build. You see that land? Because that time, that, that was when I was over at ZDK 2003, yeah. before Uncle Uncle Ivor threatened to throw me out the window or kick me down the steps. Mm. So he came and he said, I can do this stuff. That's not what he, he does in Antigua. But he said, yeah, I'm trained to do it. So he was the one that um, drew up the plans. We got the plans and them already approved. We got to take a pause. Yeah. Um, Ms. Simmons says we have to take a commercial break.
Uh, I wish I could share the things Ray is talking to me about when the commercial is it's, on. It's deep, huh? It's very, very interesting and eye-opening. Uh, of course, uh, Attorney at Law, Ray Bird, the third chairman of the True Labour Party. And uh, we're about looking at uh, the True Labour Party. But in Antigua and Barbuda, mm-hmm. things, things go on each and every day. What are some of the things you want to tell Antiguans and Barbudans to be careful what they're doing in the country, knowing COVID is there? What is it that they're not doing? Because you walk around and you see some folks, like, they don't care about wearing the mask anymore. They don't Very the true. social distancing. You're not seeing that. And that is part of the problem when they kind of let people put down, let down their guards with this cool Antigua is now COVID-free. They should never say anything about COVID-free. It, it lures you into a sore, false sense of, of um, safety. Mm. And I heard that they talk about COVID-free and I locked down my house and inside my door and I just pump, come off a pump, plant my pumpkin and watch them grow. You and this pumpkin. Is this, only pumpkin you're growing? No, I'm, I'm growing pumpkin, Dave. Mm. I'm growing cantaloupe. Wow. I have some, uh, what do you call it again? Um, you reap anything as yet? Don't worry about that, Dave. <laughs> when the harvest comes in, yeah. I'll put you with, with, along with the, the pumpkin squad. Mm. You will get your slice of pumpkin pie. Mm. Uh, so I can't cook my own pumpkin? Well, I'm going to give you the whole thing. You want you want me to just bring the pumpkin for you? Yeah. I'm going to bring the pumpkin for I you. I don't want you to have to use your gas and all them <laughs> things to cook anything for me. <laughs> yes, yes so. the, the, the government in a, in a, a, a ploy or a propaganda push to let the international community know that we were open for tourism business came up with this silly idea of informing the world that we are covid free but who's coming via the world nobody was coming in the first place and i believe that was even more danger to the locals to the antiguan the people who are here because you're hearing on the radio dr malvin getting on the radio and pontificating about we are covid free when you hear your COVID free, that means there's no COVID out there. So why am I going to wear a mask? When I'm walking home on the road and it's me one or me one in the car, I'm going to not wear my mask because Dr. Marvin said we're COVID free. So they've lured the people into a sense of a false sense of security. And now I think they need to change their, their message to the public, to their, their propaganda, to their ministry information, get out and let people know that they need to follow these protocols even more so now that we have more cases of COVID and Tiga than a month or two months ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, beside that, my message really is to the, the people of Antigua and Barbuda. It seems that Antigua is a very tribal society where it's between the ALP and the UPP and everybody backs their tribe. But I just like the Antigua and Barbuda people to be aware. Party politics came into effect in Antigua in 1968, right? My grandfather's greatest achievements in Antigua and Barbuda were before 1968, right? Mm-hmm. Every other island that wanted independence in the Caribbean, sometimes they even wanted the British, oh, you go, just go about your business. We already have, get sugar from beet and we don't need all that sugar cane. Just go, please. You, we already have enough rum. We don't need any more of that. They, they push you to the independence. So if you are thinking the 1st of November 1981 is the greatest thing that has been achieved in Antigua and Barbuda, it was not. Mm-hmm. We already had associated statehood on the 27th of February 1967. We already bought 85% of the syndicate lands in 1967. We already had universal suffrage in 1951. We already had free secondary schooling before 1968. My grandfather's greatest achievements happened before the Antigua Labour Party came into existence. So when you are say you are red, you're red, before, you're red till you're dead, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Because you are just backing the one-third 
of my grandfather's legacy, which to me was not the, the biggest and most important part. You understand? The most important part of what he did before 1968. 68. 68. Before they came into effect. But they, they seem to have grabbed on to my grandfather's coattail and everybody come going down to the bus um, on, on his birthday, the 9th of December, and pontificating and, and paying homage. Some of them don't have any love or care for the man, but they realize that their political fortunes are based on going down there and paying respect. Mm -hmm. But I see it for the, for the frauds that they are, right? And I will talk out about it. If people want to know that when Antigua was doing its best, it was when we were united as one people. There was no a ALP. There was no PLM. There was just the Antiguan people under the Trades and Labor Union. We, as a united people, that is when you saw the greatest push in our society, in our economy. That is when the Antiguans were at their best. So this foolishness about ALP, you all need to just give it a rest. Time has gone on and people need to see it for what it really is. That ALP is just a tool to get mediocrity elected into public office. It's just a tool that they use and they hold on to my grandfather's legacy because half of them in the Antigua Labour Party, I think they have some jealousy with the birds. They say, oh, we are there too long or other people helped out Papa Bird, which we're not denying. But nobody wants to hear about them. Nobody really cares. So they latch on to the legacy begrudgingly, right? And now I think they of the opinion they hijacked my grandfather's legacy. Mm. But that doesn't work like that. I am the man's namesake. Me and my son, Veer the Fourth. It's not Gaston Brown. It's not Chet Green. It's not Lester Bird. It's not Ivor Bird, right? He gave me his name. And I will be speaking my mind whether you like it or not. Because I know the Antigua Labour Party is just a vehicle to elect mediocrity into office. And that mediocrity is on display at those um, medical briefings on the COVID-19. Pure mediocrity. A man that has spoken English all his life is telling a woman who speaks English that he needs a translator to understand what she's saying. I know that you speak English, Dave. I speak English. You may say a word that I don't know. So I say, repeat that again, or what does that mean? Right? It's not a matter like, Dave, I don't know what you're saying overall. It's just a word or two or a phrase. Mm. Dr. Marwin doesn't understand anything that the reporter was saying. And that should be a sign of him not getting a knighthood. But of him being, thing, but, of him, but, but, but of him being, being retired no, but, but, because but, he's losing his faculties. But Veer, Veer, is it is it true? Because maybe it went over my head. When was this discussion about uh, Mr. Morrow and Joseph being knighted? I think I heard something from the prime minister coming. The prime up minister? And, yeah, they were saying that he was doing such a good job. One of them, if not him, some somebody the government officials were saying, Doctor Morrow. Remember, you like to sue people, no? So be careful. Doctor Morrow, there's nothing defamatory in what I'm saying. Yeah, no, he, no. Um, if it's not the Prime Minister, it was one of the, the, the officials saying that Dr. Mulvin is doing such a great job with this COVID-19 that he deserves a knighthood. I don't believe anybody deserves a knighthood, right? Me personally, to me, with carrying my grandfather's name, a knighthood is a step down for me, right? That's beneath me. Too many riffraff have that, that, that name, that, that title to them. My, my grandfather gave me his name. That's enough title 
I need anything in Barbie. That's way above any stupid knighthood that you could give me. You know what's, what's rather instructive about the conversation that I'm having here with you, and when mm. you stop to think about it, you're saying that, uh, of course, uh, Savisi Bird, mm. greatest legacy, was before 1968. Yes, that is a fact. And that is what the Labour Party don't want the average Antiguan and Barbie, one of their supporters, to know. But you say since they formed, yeah. for since they, when they formed the, the party, mm-hmm. You remember the 18 L was formed on the 16th of January 1939, you know? Mm-hmm. And it went all the way through. And that was where the, the political action committee in the 18 LU operated. They mm-hmm. were elected as a subcommittee in the union. Mm-hmm. Right? All George Walter, Uncle George and them were in that. Mm-hmm. You understand? The split happened in 67, and then by 68, they had their parties. And right? you said they so had a by-election then, and then 71 so was the first since party. since the introduction of the parties in the party Antigua system. and Barbuda, yes. you're saying that that creates a negative effect on, on, the, on the people. We have not achieved as much as we ought to have. Mm. Because the year before, we purchased, unlike any other country in the Western Hemisphere, Purchase we purchased our land. lands. Mm. We are supposed to be some of the richest people in the world today. You know what I, 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 I imagine the situation they had the Saudi Arabian people, right? And they were Bedouins. They were all over in the, in the, the desert with their, their goat and sheep and camel. And then they struck oil. And you see the difference in their society. Mm-hmm. They were standing, they were sitting on their wealth. Similarly, the Antiguans purchased their syndicate land as opposed to any other country. We are standing on our wealth. But there's a big difference between what you see in Saudi Arabia and what you see in Antigua. They draw the parallel between the land. The land. Our land. What we have, the wealth. Mm. We have some of the, 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 the most expensive real estate in the world. All those beachfront properties. Beautiful sunset, beautiful sunrise. Billions of dollars. What he purchased with us on the six million pounds sterling in 67. For six million pounds sterling on behalf of the Antiguan people, of course. It is billions of dollars that we had. Where's the wealth gone? Certainly not in the hands of the black people. Mm. Certainly not in the hands of the people who followed my grandfather to get rid of the colonials. They don't have it. They're not possessing the wealth of their country. The black people in Antigua under this administration exist just to be consumers. They will be consuming products from people that come from the Middle East, come from China, or anywhere in the world. You exist for the Antigua Labour Party simply to purchase goods. They will never put you to be the master of your country. And that is the reality. And if you don't believe me, go and look at Market Street and show me how many black businesses are prosperous. You want a revolution. You want a revolution. You purchase land. You went through slavery. 250 years of slavery. Then you went through colonialism. Then you didn't lose, you know. Prince class lost. You fought and he lost. Papa Bird won. You want a revolution. You changed the social standing of black people in this country. You want it better for your future generations. And now, basically all you're getting is some noodles. And then by election time, if you behave yourself and you vote for them, you get some ham and turkey. No, you, and then, you, no yeah. but of course. And then you get the, the money to put in your car so that you can go on the motorcade. And then I give you a little money to go buy some, some, some baked chicken and some macaroni and cheese so you have something to eat on the motorcade. That's what... That's what you all got from fighting a revolution and winning your all freedom, some colonialism. That, I mean, that's a big sellout to me. 
He tells a big, a wicked story there. There again, thanks for being with me today. He is hoping that, of course, uh, we can get that collection with the governor. We will talk about it. But you remember also mm. the music he backed Hell's Gate, and I, ha I have to give you a CD. I have the music and all from Hell's Gate back in the day. Okay? Remember, oh. it was the first album we spoke about it. The being recorded, recorded in mm. 54, 55, 50. There's Hell Gates, Red Army. Um, the other one, the other some shell band, I can't remember the name. The early bands, they're mm -hmm. all there. That was the first, the first, um, steel band album. And he was recording. instrumental in the recording, he was the one that kept them, the bands alive. They mm -hmm. would have been disbanded That's because Governor of Baldwin, yes, Oliver Baldwin, because they did not, the Plantic Bats did not want these bands around, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're causing too much people to support them and mm -hmm. so on. They, they felt uneasy about all these large gatherings, so. He was the one that said, come and play at Government House, and I'm not going to put forward any bill or anything like that to stop the band, Steve Band playing. It's something that is a cultural thing now. Mm -hmm. So if it was not for him in 48 to 50, by 54, 56, when the first albums were made, they probably would never have been Hell's Gate. Thanks for enlightening me about that. And I'm going to bring you your, your CD. I'm going to bring you a CD. And showing me, well, no, I've heard about the CD, but the photos that you have there and those things that you would have been purchasing on eBay, that's mm. a discussion by itself. eBay, Amazon, um, people call me. I, I, I'm all over, and anything they, they have, they purchase. I mean, I purchase more when I win my case against Gaston and all, too, you know? It's just that they beat me up, they throw me in jail, I just take the money and I build my community center. I purchase um, a lot of um, Antigua's history that's on on social media. People are selling them all the time, you know. Mm. So, there's a lot more. Thanks a lot for being with us today, Veer. Stay safe out there. I'll try my best. I hope I can survive the rest of this year with the nonsense that's going on in the government. So, I think, I think I'll, I'll keep saying my nunc dimittis. Stay safe, Veer. All the best. Thanks for giving us your time this afternoon. The pumpkin will be coming next time. Okay, that's a wrap. I'm connected with Dave Lister being for today. Stay tuned for Evolution Drive Time.